And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. It's nice to be back with the tailgate friends. It's nice to be back with the tailgate boys again. Hey, yo, and welcome to No Dunks, proudly a part of the Athletic Podcast Network. It's Tuesday, September 19th. I'm your host for today, Trey Kirby. And I'm joined by a man who loves composting so much, he's wearing browns and greens to mm-hmm. Tasmelis. All the shades, man. You need them all if you want a healthy <laughs> compost bin. We all want a healthy compost bin. Yes. Even the man making the magic happen over there, JD. Hello. Hey, JD. Hey, JD. Good to see you. Good to see you. Whether you're joining us live in the stream team right now on YouTube or listening to the podcast a little bit later, thank you very much. Like the stream. Leave us a comment. Email us. X us. Slide in our Instagram DMs. You can do it all. Criticize us about that compost comment I just had. You don't need different shades of brown, really. (laughs) You need a lot of browns, though. Different types of brown browns. They take up space. Yeah, that's people's number one problem. That's what you told me. Uh, No skeets this week, though. Where is he? He's on vacation Uh in Italy. Yeah, Mambo! (laughs) You think he said that at all? I hope he says it at least once after listening to this guaranteed classic podcast. But if you want to hear from Skeets, he was on this week's Is This Good with Matteo and JD. JD, how was it? Uh, It was banger. A classic, instant classic. Instant classic? Yeah, a lot of Lord of the Rings talk, which we are receiving quite a bit of uh, guff about, I would say. Oh, really? Yeah. Made some mistakes. Uh, Ah. As in, like, lore mistakes? Yeah. Not as familiar with the Council of Elrond as I thought. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, me neither. Yeah. I do know, uh, isn't one of the big complaints, no Tom Bombadil? Isn't that a guy? That is a guy in the books (laughs) who never shows up in the movie. Yeah, where's Tom at? Yeah, I know that guy. I I read the books (laughs) when I was 13, and I saw the movies when they came out, and that's basically it, so... Back off, everybody. Well, it Pump seemed like people. I heard, I listened to it. It seemed like you were the expert, and Matt was just coming at you. <laughs> oh, because I'm council the... <laughs> or fellowship? Is it called the council or a fellowship? Well, okay. apparently, there are two different things. Uh, apparently, well, so. sure. Oh, branches of government. Yeah. yeah. In yes. Middle Earth. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of skeets in Italy, he said that his Italian accent would come out mere hours after landing. Mm. Yeah. You know the Italian accent. How do you do? I understand the. The pole to do it, but how do you do it when you're there? You know, like, isn't it very insulting? <laughs> well, <laughs> probably yes. Uh, I, I don't think it is for the Italians. I could be wrong. Yeah, okay. It's a it's a when in Rome, literally. <laughs> <laughs> literally, do as the Romans do. That's right. Yeah. You do this a lot, and you know they probably take like on it. the affectation. It's not even an accent; it's an affectation. Oh, that's a fair, damn. That's a fair call. Uh, if you're not subscribed to The Athletic, sweet segue right here. If you're not subscribed yet, go to theathletic.com slash no dunks. End of summer sale, a dollar a month for the next 12 months. It's a great deal. How do they do it? How do they do it? Go hop on it. 
We got a lot of things to talk to because we haven't been here yeah. uh, <laughs> in a couple of weeks. We talked <laughs> WNBA last week. Right. Uh, we've been following the World Cup, but there has been a little bit of NBA news uh, in the past couple of weeks, so we're going to hop into the Up Down Report. Preparing your tubes. It's the Up Down Report. Yeah, baby. Pass, I'll tell you a topic. You tell me if you're up or down on it. Pretty simple. Play along in the stream team if you want. Let us know down in the comments below as well. Last week, the NBA Board of Governors unanimously approved tougher resting policy rules and punishments for star players who sit out games and for multiple all-stars sitting out the same regular season games. The new rules gives the league greater oversight over discipline for missed games and an ability to fine teams more than a million dollars for each of these violations. Tess, you up or down on the NBA's new tougher resting policy? I can't go down. I have to go up. Can't go down. <laughs> can't. <laughs> We're talking about, in theory, more players playing more games. So how can you not go up? That being said, I think this is more about perception than anything. Because players and teams can still write in to the NBA and still still send their absent notes and say, my guy has an injury history. He can't play next week. What the rules say now is you have to send in a note. It literally is like going to school. You doctor's have to send. Note. Yeah, it's a doctor's note. As long as your your reason isn't my dog ate my homework. It's Kawhi Leonard <laughs> just came off surgery. He's not going to be playing first week of the season. The Clippers have a back to back. All the Clippers front office has to do is say Kawhi's not playing in this game because he's coming off surgery, and the league is going to accept it. So it's all about communication. That that's what this changes really. I'd say, like, a bunch of these guys, this affects 49 players. Like, 20% of them can just write in absent old because it's just the, the rule of, like, <laughs> if you're 35 and you've played X amount of minutes, like Steph, LeBron, KD, DeMar, James Harden, Chris Paul, Mike Conley, Steph, they can sit whenever they want as long as you're communicating. So there's going to be people in the front offices now that have these jobs to say, hey, this guy has to sit, this guy has to sit. That's their job now. So... I really do think in the end, it's about perception and a key date when the NBA can start negotiating a TV deal. March 9th, 2024. That's when the league can say to ESPN and ABC, hey, our new CBA is coming up uh, and we're cracking down here. We're cracking down on players playing. TV deal is up. ESPN, TNT, Amazon, Apple. See what we're doing here? And so I think that's all. That's what it's all about. We all know the answer. It's playing less games. That, I think that's the answer. Teams are still going to do what they have to do as long as they communicate. They're still going to have to sit, guys. Will there be more fines? Yeah, but do you really think it's going to change that much? It's, it's Guys will play a few more games. So, all in all, I say it's a positive, I guess. Yeah, you got to go up because it's going to mean players playing more often, but I'm totally with you. This is all about the next TV deal. You say March 2024, I'm like, oh, man, that's that's so far from now. Yeah. It's like you know, six months, uh, basically. But with Silver coming out and saying uh, at his press conference, we're an 82-game league and we want to reinforce that principle, that to me was him saying, don't worry – TV networks, don't worry, Amazon, don't worry, Apple, we're not going to a 65-game season. We're not going to a 60-game season. Sure. We're going to keep playing 82-game seasons. You're still going to have programming from October, the end of October, through the middle of June. We're even adding things in the in-season tournament as well. So, yeah, there are caveats of older players uh, not 
being able to get out of these games as well if they need uh, if they need to rest. Players with unusual medical histories, I think, is what it was termed. Like you're saying, Kawhi Leonard coming off a of surgery or something along those lines. There will be ways that people can get out of it, but the league is trying to be a good partner here and trying to show to fans if you come to a big time game, you're most likely going to see the star players, and that's the big thing. They want them playing in the national TV games first and foremost. I think that's the biggest draw here because those are the ones that bring in the biggest dollars. And then number two, you heard Silver mention a couple of times the in-season tournament. They're really trying to make this thing work, so they want everybody playing. They want those dollar-dollar bills coming in and no hesitation from the dollar bill payers Mm -hmm. in the advertisers, right? Because you're right. National TV or in-season tournament game, if a player misses those, that could trigger an investigation. There's a few things that could trigger an investigation, which could lead to a fine. Missing one of a a national team game or an in-season tournament game or multiple star teammates missing the same game or inconsistent statements contradicting player status. Where I do think this is good, actually, after reading about it and going through it, it's at the end of the season when a team is out of the playoff picture. They can be fined if they sit. Yeah. Bradley Beal, for instance, at the end of last year, Damian Lillard. So those ones, I, I actually feel like that that's some good stuff right there. Uh, they will have to show up. They can't just play for 30 seconds as well. They have to play mm-hmm. for uh, a, a good chunk of time in games. It's just hard to take extremely seriously. Like this isn't about the dollar-dollar bills, which I'm all for because the players get a big chunk of that TV deal. In 2025, I don't know how we'll be watching games, but uh, Adam Silver wants to get paid for 82. Uh, but I, I just, it's hard to really buy into it because Adam Silver, at his press conference last week announcing these resting policies, kept saying, you know, in the news, how the decongestants and, and, and the drug, he kept talking about the drug and decongestants and how it actually doesn't work and relating that to the science behind players sitting. When at All Star Weekend, he was saying, players, there's science. There's science, yeah. yeah. Medical data backs this up. So it's him playing politician here, big time, and trying to appease both sides. And he can't get mad about it because, again, the players get a big chunk of the money because the CBA is written well. So Mm -hmm. it can't get mad about that. Yeah, and it's actually kind of funny because these are fines that go against the teams rather than against the players. So if a team is fined for resting their guys, half of that fine goes to the Players Association, which Mm -hmm. then gets distributed uh, to players as part of the CBA. So that's kind of funny that (laughs) resting will benefit them in the long run as well. A couple other things I thought that were interesting about this is uh, Silver talking about, quote, it becomes maybe even a more a notion of stature around the league as opposed to absolute needed rest or it's part of what being an NBA player that you rest on certain days. That's what we're trying to move away from, he says. He's basically saying, just because you're sick with it doesn't mean you get to rest because you're the best player on a on your team, which I think is fair. You know, we've seen a lot of young players uh, resting when you wouldn't necessarily expect a guy who's 22 years old to make, to take a day off. Maybe the science supports it or maybe it doesn't. But uh, Silver's basically saying just being the best player on your team doesn't mean you get to rest all the time. You got to be the best player on your team and also old. I also thought interesting <laughs> is that the NBA actually defined what a star is yeah. for us. The NBA defines a star player as someone who has made the all-star or All-NBA teams in any of the three previous seasons. I think it was John Hollinger who noted that if you include the three previous seasons, that loops in Kawhi Leonard, which seems to maybe be the point of going three seasons back. Which brings me to my question for you, Tass. Do you think this will become known as the Kawhi Leonard rule? He's the guy who's most known for resting. Every thumbnail 
about this story, it's Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, and then <laughs> yeah. some other poor Clipper gets looped in because they're sitting like Norman Powell on ESPN just gets kind of looped in. Uh, yeah, that's a really good question. I I don't think so. You know who who, who it really affects? I think I think the Golden State Warriors is, is going to be the the biggest team just because they have many stars that classify here. If I'm correct, Steph, Draymond, Andrew Wiggins, Clay doesn't. Um, but those he's out of the three years. Huh? He's out of the three <laughs> years. But it's the teams with the national most national TV games, and I think that's the the thing that I take away from this is they they're making such a clear demarcation between national TV games and local games, and it may even help the bad teams who aren't on national TV because <laughs> let's say the Warriors, um, they're part of a back to back first month of the season. Phoenix has got Portland and Golden State back to back. Portland's a local game. Golden State's a national TV game. Devin Booker, you gotta play in that Golden State game. Yeah, you got no choice, dude. But Portland, eh, that's a local game. You can sit that one. So it kind of helps uh, if if you're one of the the few teams um, that doesn't have many national TV games or a, a team that doesn't have stars. Your guys can rest freely. Like <laughs> Cade Cunningham doesn't fit the bill. Uh, Mikael Bridges doesn't fit the bill right now. Victor Wambanyama doesn't fit the bill right now. But that could change if they become all-stars. Uh, so, yeah, it's just – it's it's odd how the, the NBA is basically saying local games don't matter as much, really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's it mean for the Bulls, man? They have hardly any national TV games, but somehow they have three stars because of Vooch making all-star teams <laughs> back when he was with the Magic. The big three in Chicago, they can't all rest together. Watch out, NBA. <laughs> uh, moving on, Minor Shams bomb. The Lakers have signed five-year veteran Jared Vanderbilt to a four-year, $48 million extension. Vanderbilt played the end of last season in L.A. coming over uh, in the trade with the Utah Jazz. He's only 24 years old. Tass, you up or down on the Lakers' Jared Vanderbilt extension? I love me some Jared Vanderbilt. You surprised me when you said he's 24 years old. He seems like he's just a grinder and he's been around for a bit. We talked about the Christian Wood signing, and to me the best part of the Christian Wood signing was that it would get Anthony Davis to the playoffs healthier. I take that back. It's Jared Vanderbilt who's going to do that job because Jared Vanderbilt, even though he's not a center, sometimes when he plays with Anthony Davis uh, or he plays with even with Christian Wood, he's the guy who's going to be grinding, defending centers. He defends everybody. Problem is he can't shoot, so sometimes he gets played off the floor when it comes to the postseason. And technically, he's not a center, but really, uh, he's their best backup center. Mm. He's better than Christian Wood. Of course, he can. you can rely on him more. He's better than Jackson Hayes. So the Lakers do lack in size, but this guy makes up for it in grit. I don't know if he's going to get a lot better. Just I just don't know. Even though he is 24, he's, he's a very, very useful player, uh, and especially in the regular season. So I think his job is to get everybody healthy to the postseason. Like hopefully the three ball comes a little bit more, but 12 million bucks, it's a useful contract if you want to deal it out as well. Tough, man. Yeah. $12 million. That's hardly anything. Considering heading into this summer, people were talking about Austin Reeves maybe getting $100 million. They got Austin Reeves and Jared Vander- Vanderbilt for a combined $100 million after uh, looking what Reeves signed on. And you're right. I think uh, Vanderbilt probably more useful in the regular season, but you got to play through the regular season so that the Lakers don't end up in the play-in tournament once again. And then he was okay in the playoffs until he got game-planned against and couldn't really stay on the floor uh, against the Nuggets, but at least now the Lakers have some more optionality with Rui Hachimura. He's got size, like you're saying. Christian Wood can play with Davis. He can play with Ann, uh, with uh, Jared Vanderbilt as well. 
Torian Prince, he's kind of in between a three and a four, maybe. So question I have for you, though, Tass, is who do you think is going to end up starting for this Lakers team? LeBron, definitely. AD, definitely. Austin Reeves, he's their third guy. Who's the other two? You're looking at probably another guard and another big. Yeah, well, it's the the platoon at the point guard spot, whether it's D'Angelo Russell or Gabe Vincent. I think Gabe Vincent might take D'Angelo Russell's job at some point. And then the fifth, it's probably Rui. I mean, he is huge, uh, and that helps out. But it could be Jared Vanderbilt, uh, just because he'll go guard the guy that LeBron doesn't need to guard on the perimeter, and then LeBron can roam and do his thing. So, yeah, it's it's Jared or Rui, but Rui's got to start in the postseason when it comes down to it. They got options now. They got options now. Yeah, they're deeper and younger. Jared Vanderbilt's 24, I just heard. Uh, you know, Rui, <laughs> Rui's fairly young. Austin Reeves is fairly young. And so, you know, the, we think of – I think of him as an older team because it's headlined by LeBron. Right. And Anthony Davis is in his 30s now, and you want to hold his minutes back. But they were so good in the second half running because they got a lot of young guys here. And, yeah, again, that $12 million, it could be a trade chip. You know, you always got to think about the Lakers looking down the road. You add in a $12 million. You added a decent contract to go along with the Reeves and Vanderbilt contracts. I thought the Gabe Vincent contract was good. D'Angelo Russell's getting paid way less this season than he was last year because his contract goes from, what, it was like 30 down to 18 or something mm-hmm. like that. So they, in, in the new NBA, it's, it's harder to find the 12, 15, 18, $20 million contracts as we get into the new CBA. It's maxes. And, and lower salaries, but they've got a ton of them. So, uh, you know, if some, if somebody becomes available, um, they can go get another start. But they already got Austin Reeves, who, who who's become underrated to overrated to underrated to overrated, but he he's freaking good, uh, no matter how you cut it. Size is the problem uh, when it comes to Jokic, for sure. That's, that's what they'll probably be looking at, another big. Yeah, size is the problem. We talked about it when they brought in Christian Wood. It kind of... <laughs> Jovan Buha at least made it sound like it came down to Christian Wood and Bismack Biombo, which is quite the choice to have to make. But it brings us into our next question, another minor Shams bomb from last week. Eight-time All-Star Dwight Howard is meeting with the Golden State Warriors this week. He's 37 years old, last played in the NBA in the 21-22 season. He says he's ready to contribute in any way possible. I suppose he could have been a Laker. That's a big guy if they wanted him. Yeah. Uh, but, Tass, I was looking at your uh, – Twitter profile yeah. this week to try and find a good opening line for you. And I saw that you had tweeted about Dwight Howard twice in a row. Well, so I assume you're up on this. <laughs> you know, I was excited. I remember my, my Dwight Howard comment about defending Jokic. What was my other Dwight? Oh. I think the other one was like, somebody thought he was Kevin Durant. Right, or right, like right. That. Yeah. Because there was a, a fan <laughs> yeah. when he was in Taiwan, he was somewhere in Asia yeah. that thought he was, that tweeted so cool meeting Kevin Durant with a photo of <laughs> Dwight Howard. So, do the Warriors think they're getting back KD? Look, I'm going up. It's Dwight Howard who defended Jokic all right in the bubble. He was great in the bubble. Yeah. Okay, so it's a few years ago. Obviously, he's older. He's going to be 38 this season. But this is about 10 minutes of throwing your body at Nikola Jokic in the postseason. Mm. Just hitting that dude for 10 <laughs> minutes. And, I, and yeah, what I, what I X'd, I don't jump on there often, but I think it was worthy to say... In this particular instance, Kevon Looney, Draymond Green, and Dwight Howard, I think would be the best Western Conference center group to defend Jokic. <laughs> and it's 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 better than what Phoenix has got. Uh, the, I, I, you know, I'm optimistic on the Lakers and, and Anthony Davis trying, but they still need somebody else. And so the Warriors, 
obviously they're going for it. Uh, they're old on the bench now. It was really, really <laughs> weird. Chris Paul yeah. probably going to be on the bench. Dario Saric and Dwight Howard if he does sign. So they're they're playing a win for these vets. Like you could look at this team and say they may fall fall apart. There are some bodies there that that won't get there to the end, but they do have young guys and and Kaminga and Moody. So I I like it. Uh, Chris Paul and Dwight Howard's weird, but I mean Dwight's gonna throw down some dunks. That is weird if they are like running the pick and roll together off the bench for the Golden State Warriors. Considering last year the Warriors came into the season still trying the two timelines. Yep. They had Jordan Poole at the time. You mentioned Kuminga uh, and Moody. Now they're going to have like two of the oldest guys on the league coming mm-hmm. off the bench trying to take down a Nuggets team who is quite obviously in their prime. But you're right. The Warriors absolutely need a little bit more size. Draymond and Looney are locked in as their bigs, but everything after that is definitely a question mark. Saric, I think, is a good small ball player. He ain't helping you against Jokic, though. And yeah. then it's a rookie in Trace Jackson Davis. And Gary Payton the second, who is like a six foot four power forward somehow. I also saw that Shams reported two way deals for the Warriors with Usman Garuba and Nemius Quetta, who last played for I think the Sacramento Kings. Um, you think they'll probably only keep one of these guys between Dwight Garuba and Quetta? You think Dwight's the guy? Is yeah, that's how the numbers work out for this. I think they're at sixteen players already, or um, something. Like, I think they have to cut somebody coming into training mm, camp eventually. Yeah, Garuba, a rocket last year. You know, just a, a perimeter defender, get into you, extremely physical. They may have, they may have enough of those guys. Uh, and uh, yeah, I think Dwight would probably be the answer, unless I mean he fills out the bench well, and I, I like how they're. Absolutely going for it. I, I I know it'd be nice to have Quetta, a Portuguese guy in the NBA. Um, so so Skeets can take some photos from Portugal as well. Uh, you know he loves to take his, his photos. Have, have we gotten an update yet? I'm sure there's some online uh, already. But uh, they, I've seen a story or two. Yeah. Um, I guess it's Dwight. Simply because those 10 minutes are more valuable against Jokic than probably those other guys i mean they're they're looking for wings too but uh yeah this it's it's just you you know what dwight knows his role for sure he helped win a championship a few years ago when they beat Jokic in the bubble obviously Jokic is way better now and and he can figure out looney he can figure out draymond to a point you know draymond plays him physically well but this is Jokic. nobody can stop him so dwight will be out there are his 38-year-old legs somewhat fresh because he played in Taiwan last year? I mean, he had some knee problems, but he's playing a lot of minutes there, not as many games as the NBA. Uh, so uh, maybe maybe he's all right. Um, I don't know. I, Dwight is such a, you know, he's obviously a character. He's he, This is how much of a character he is. He was in Taiwan for an extra month after the season, just hanging. Didn't come back. Yeah, just, I, I just thought chilling. all he was doing was, like, putting out, social media videos trying to recruit people to come play with him in Taiwan yeah. and also to try to get back on Team USA. But if not, I'm going to drop 85 on you <laughs> for, for Team Taiwan. Uh, I'm with you. I think Dwight is the choice here. I think in a vacuum, I'm probably taking Garuba. I thought he was pretty solid uh, in the FIBA World Cup. He's still a young player, yeah. but the Warriors don't really need upside swings at this point, and everybody's got to find a way to deal with Jokic in the Western Conference specifically. I mean, I guess if you're in the East, you're thinking – if we've got Embiid or if we've got Giannis, maybe we've got a shot against that big guy. But the Warriors don't have that, so it'll be interesting, man. Dwight Howard and Chris Paul on the Warriors off the bench. That would be 
Wild times, man. Yeah. And is Chris Paul comfortable coming off the bench? That's a huge storyline coming into this next month. I, th- I think he will be. What the hell do I know? I don't know. He seems a little grumpy about it. He asked, you know, some reporter asked him, this is months back now, are you coming off the bench? Well, I haven't been told that. And so we'll see how that plays out. You mentioned FIBA. Sarch was awesome uh, in, the, in the qualifying tournament. I think he is a dude that's sort of underrated. And I think, you know, Kuminga, huge question mark, as he was when he was drafted. But Moses Moody is a guy I think Steve Kerr can rely on a little bit. So he probably gets the the bump over Garuba because of that, because he can shoot too. He played in key minutes, so this is an old, an old squad all of a sudden, uh, for sure. Like one through ten, other than Kuminga and Moody, really. I mean, unless I'm, you know, Wiggy Wiggy still classifies as somewhat young, but <laughs> yeah. that, but that's it. He's in the in between mm-hmm. zone right now, where it's like he's been around for so long that you can't believe he's still young, but somehow he still is. Uh, Speaking about other things that are old, the Orlando Magic are bringing back their early 2000s uniforms to celebrate the franchise's 30-year anniversary. Uh, The Magic wore these jerseys, I think, from the 98-99 season through 2003. They're not the pinstriped classics that we usually associate with uh, the Magic. These are the starry classics uh, from, you know, their second uniform set. You like these, Tess? Damn, and they put the pennies right beside there, those penny foam posits. Those oh, are yeah, gorgeous. And, yeah, I love the jerseys. They're, yeah, the early 2000s. How can you not? Uh, yeah, I'm super excited to to see these. And Jalen Suggs in the photo. Man, it looks good. The blue looks good. Yeah, like, these, look, these look great. I would say the two changes that I noticed is – these are a lot more form-fitting uh, than they were when people were wearing them in the year 2000 and also a lot less shiny because I went back and watched a lot of random old Orlando Magic highlights trying to find some cool Sean Kemp dunks. And this was during, like, the Dazzle Cloth era of NBA jerseys where they were, like, crazy, crazy shiny and very, very baggy. Who's uh, the first player you think of when you think of these starry jerseys, Tess? Dazzle Cloth. Dazzle Cloth. Shout out to East Bay Catalog. That's how I know what the Dazzle Cloth is. Oh, wow. It sounds like that could be sported in Lord of the Rings. You know? <laughs> they're, they're thrown on the Dazzle Cloth. Um, who do I think of? T-Mac. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I want to think of a 90s guy just because I do kind of want to think of the pinstripe guys. I want to yeah. think about Shaq and, and the winning teams and the, the team that went to the finals, but... Probably T-Mac. Mike Miller, I guess, is number two. Yeah, there you go. I went and did a little research. We got a short coming out about old guys who wore these Magic jerseys. I couldn't believe, like, Penny Hardaway had one season in these oh. when they uh, when they transferred over before he ended up leaving Orlando. Nick Anderson, I think, wore them as well. So those mm. are some pinstripe guys uh, that wore them. But T-Mac was the first one for me. Mike Miller in the mix. Daryl Armstrong and a guy I couldn't work into the video, uh, Pat Garrity. That guy's just like a very early 2000s magic to me. Pat Garrity. But no doubt. these look pretty good, and the magic are going the full length here. They got the entire court to match these jerseys as well with the parquet. This is sick. I, the magic need to go back at the very least to this word mark with the star in it and the star on the A, the star on the I. That looks so good. Their 35th anniversary uh, logo looks cool too. And I like that they brought back a whole bunch of their old players as well. Rashard Lewis, Bo Outlaw, Nick Anderson, Hedo, Ryan Anderson, and Jalen Suggs rocking the various eras of the Magic jerseys. They've had a pretty solid look their entire life in the NBA. Yeah, when you throw six 
can throw six uh, jerseys other than Ryan Anderson. He gets the starter jacket, uh, <laughs> and they're all cool and memorable. Yeah, yeah, you're 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 totally right. They need to you know, put some more blue in their in their jerseys. Like, why not just why not just rock that more? I mean, they are gonna sell. Yeah, these look nice. How many jerseys? How many millions? Oh, the Joe Ingles are gonna be flying off the shelves. I'm gonna buy a Joe Ingles jersey, baby. <laughs> uh, that's how good these look. That's how they look. They look phenomenal. I actually went into my uh, my bag because I got a Hito Magic jersey. Yeah. I forget which one it was. Couldn't find it. I was I was busy running out the door. But I think he was a twenty six then. Did he Did he rock? He the might 26? have been fifteen. He may have been fifteen. Oh, yeah. I don't remember. That's he a Raptors. That was a Raptors twenty six. Could have won. Could have won the title. Hito Turgaloo throwing it up to Dwight Howard. It was. That was a weird finals, that 09 finals. That was a weird finals. Courtney Lee yep. had that tip, man. Could have yep. changed the game right there, but we like them. We're up on uh, these old, new Magic jerseys, but let's hear from you. Let us know if you're up or down, and who's a random Orlando Magic uh, that you think of wearing the starry jerseys. We've got more stuff to talk about after the break. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Don't just ride the index. Seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at Fidelity.com slash Active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While Active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. One dollar a month, just like the athletic. Two bucks, get some good stuff for next month. That's a couple of nice one dollar deals right there. That's right. And we're getting some um, great answers in the stream team about uh, random magic yeah, to yeah. wear their starry jerseys from '98 to 2003. Ike Austin, remember the oh. Ike Austin era? Oh, baby. We see people mentioning uh, Patrick Ewing and Dominique Wilkins had stints at the end of their career uh, playing for the Magic, and I had actually forgotten Steve Francis. In the starry jerseys. Is that right? I don't know. I mean, the era, I guess, would be right. The era is definitely right. Yeah, I, just, I think of the big whiteies. Um, <laughs> Michael Doliak. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Andrew DeClerc, yep. who you just mentioned in another short that you filmed about extra large shorts. Big shorts. <laughs> Andrew DeClerc. But he's a big guy. Of course he's going to wear big shorts. They, like, they got... cornered the market on side parts in the 90s. <laughs> they had Doliak. They had DeClerc. Pat Garrity. They had Matt Harpring. They had Judd Bushler. Whoa. <laughs> they had like every white guy you've ever heard of <laughs> came through Orlando at some point. Uh, but one player who's not on the Orlando Magic is Namiish Keta. Mm-hmm. I said he was a two-way for the Golden State Warriors. It's for the Celtics. Hmm. The people got on me like that. Oh, damn. That's true sicko stuff. That's good for them. They're like, don't even say he's on a two-way with the Warriors. This guy's on a two-way with the Celtics. <laughs> Is that news? I don't know, but let's play a game called Is This News? (laughs) Oh, got some headlines for you, Tass. Pitch them to you. You tell me if they're news or not. Giannis Antetokounmpo went on the 48 Minutes podcast. Had a whole lot to say. The biggest thing to come out of this is, quote, I'm a Milwaukee Buck. He was wearing a Bucks shirt when he said it. Yeah. But most importantly, I'm a winner. 
If there's a better situation for me to win the Larry O'Brien, I have to take that better situation. Is this news, Tess? Yeah, I'm going to say it's news. Yannis Setacumbo is a straightforward person. So when he talks, he means it. Throughout his 10-year career, if a media person asks him a question, he's just straightforward about it. Like, unlike other Greeks who order a hamburger by saying, burger, no tzis. <laughs> oh, God, how, how many years am I going to make that joke? Yannis Setacumbo would just order a hamburger. To be fair, it's... <laughs> It's never not funny. Tess. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Well, I've been saying it to my kid recently too. She doesn't. She literally doesn't. She just doesn't get it, and that's what's really annoying. I would say half of our audience probably doesn't get it. No, but, but she just doesn't get the concept. Point, they, oh, she doesn't matter. get that. Yeah. The, yeah, the idea. Right, right. That's how Greeks order hamburgers. <laughs> but not Giannis. Not Giannis, because he's straightforward. Uh, and look, he's putting it out there that he's trying to win championships. So he's he's declaring it. This is the second time he's done it this summer told Tanya Ganguly of the New York Times so he's just he's doubling down he's backing it up it's a fair question to say this guy is a champ he's an MVP does he have to say it in public can he say it to John Horst and the front office in private I got no problem with it I think he is just showing what a star he is what a superstar he is it's kind of like LeBron in a way going to every single team and emptying the cupboard because you got to win with me. And so I don't mind it at all. This is how he's doing it. You know, at least he's not being like Joel Embiid earlier in the summer where he was like, I could go win somewhere else. And he kind of left it on the table or, you know, he, he left it out in the open, I should say. Well, Giannis is you know, he's saying do it. That's all. So I'm okay with it. Yeah, the Bucks definitely have clarity about what right. Giannis is thinking, and I don't think you are always getting that from superstar players. Even LeBron signing all the one-year deals and keeping the pressure on the front offices. Remember, at the end of his Cleveland tenure, there was such a big question about if he would be sticking around with Cleveland that they wouldn't trade their future pick, which ended up being Colin Sexton. Is that right? I think it was uh, the eighth pick in whatever draft that was yeah. a million years ago. The Bucks know what Giannis is thinking right now, two years uh, in advance. So uh, I think they should be thankful that they at least know the task at hand, trying to get back to a championship, which I guess is kind of another question I have is like, what is a successful enough season for Giannis to want to stay with the Bucks? Is it championship or nothing? Is it getting back to a conference finals? Is it getting to a finals? They've been one of the best teams in the league since Giannis became an MVP-like player. Yeah, that's a great question. And I guess that's why some people, I heard our friends, Windhurst, Mac, McMahon, and Bontemps talking about this, and they think that Giannis is actually being ambiguous and not sort of declaring what he wants from the front office. And maybe that ties into, you know, what does it mean to be a successful season? What what does it mean to have a successful season? To me, if they're, if they're totally healthy, um, I mean, they have to get beat in the conference finals or the finals in a in a tight series. Like they can't get embarrassed like they got embarrassed last year mm -hmm. in five games. If they go seven with a, a really good team in the Eastern Conference Finals, you know, it, it's it's really subjective. And I just think that Giannis isn't a guy. He's not a team hopper, um, but he he just wants he wants the front office to to try. <laughs> and I know that even that's ambiguous, but as long as they're doing something, um I'm fine with that. Like, they're coming back with the exact same team. Mm -hmm. They should be really good. Uh, I, I think they could, you know, get a little help in the guard spot. Uh, I, I heard our man Zach Lowe bring up Tyus Jones mm -hmm. uh, from the Washington Wizards. 
I would love that. They've tried before with like a second guard because Drew Holiday's not not the guy who usually sets it up, but they've tried like Malcolm Brogdon. They've tried George Hill. Tyus Jones in a position where they could go get him. They could deal a pick uh, at some point down the line. And, you know, if, if, if they if they want to win, which they will, they just have to make a move because their, their top four are set in Holiday, Middleton, Giannis, and Brooke. If Tyus Jones is there... I love that move. I love that to set them up. So, yeah, I, I think you know, we'll see. Um, they'll 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 make a move. I, I'm pretty sure they will. And and Giannis will say, okay, that's good. <laughs> yeah, I guess they just got to wow him. And I guess Tyus Jones would help. He's a younger guy, and I think depth is kind of a problem, especially at the point guard spot for the Bucks right now. If Drew Holiday goes down with some kind of injury at a poorly timed part of the season, whether it be towards the end or even in the playoffs, like. They're talking about two-way guys coming off the bench or yeah. like Ty Ty Washington who has bounced from team to team to team and now ended up in Milwaukee. Maybe he ends up good, but that's still a lot of trust to have for a team that's trying to win a championship here and now has the t- clock ticking on them. Do you think this is going to hang over the Bucks' head the entire season or is this the kind of thing that once they get going, start having a little success, maybe they are able to put on the back burner? Yeah, that's a good question. I say back burner because it's Giannis and he's won. You know, they have a championship. You win a championship like LeBron did in Cleveland. That's a championship-starved city. You're set for life. And so even if he goes at some point a few years from now, I think all will be good. And so, yeah, he gets that pass. And I don't I don't think – like, there will be any problems. Like Damian Lillard showing up to camp, he'll show up. James Harden, you know, there will be problems there. There will be questions for him. There will be questions for Dame. For Giannis, he's going to show up and he's going to freaking work his ass off. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm not too concerned about that. He's being straight up. We ask our athletes to be straight up. I think this is pretty much as straight up as you can get uh, w- without you know him asking for this player or this player or this player. So I think he'll show up. I don't think there'll be problems. You, you think there'll be any issues in Milwaukee? No, I'm totally with you. I think Giannis's comments are basically saying, I need everybody to come into the gym or come into the front office making deals and work as hard as I work. So you can't show up to training camp and slack off then. But I also didn't really think we would hear Giannis putting pressure on the front office through podcasts uh, <laughs> and through interviews with the New York Times. It's like random stuff that he's just going out and talking. I think this is the first podcast he's ever been on, is what they said. So that's pretty crazy. I wonder if the Bucks are like, maybe stay off podcasts a little bit. We shall see. Other stuff that Giannis said in that same 48 Minutes podcast, Giannis announced he's going to go work out with Hakeem Olajuwon down in Houston. Is this news to us? Come on, baby. This is news. Uh, Yeah, this is the nostalgia factor. I love it. Um, And we know the play that he's going to be working on with Hakeem Olajuwon. Giannis gets isolated on one side, everybody else on the other side. He tries to back up his guy into the post, and you get a turnaround jumper fading towards the baseline. That's a keen shot, and oh yeah, I, I'm I'm excited about that. If he can just smooth that out a little bit, I mean, he has gotten so much better in the post. I know we just talk about the dunk, 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 but he has gotten better at that turnaround shot. And if there's anything mentally he can get from Akeem, um, why not? I, I think there's a there's a love there with Akeem with their Nigerian heritage. He said in that same podcast, his parents grew up adoring. Uh, Akeem Olajuwon, he was the best athlete in Africa, he called him. Uh, they're of the same tribe, the Yoruba tribe. So, like, he doesn't go on podcasts. He doesn't work out with anybody. 
uh, as he said in the podcast. I love that. He he said I don't I don't I don't work out with anybody because it takes away my edge because I'm too nice, and so I don't work out with guys that are in the NBA. But he's worked out with Kobe, KG, and now Hakeem. He's going down to see. So this is. I don't know what this is actually. Is it more of a, a nostalgia thing for him because he's? I think he just loves Hakeem, <laughs> or is it working on his game? Probably a little both. Um, but why the hell not? I mean, yeah, exactly right. It's probably both, like you're saying. Like Giannis is already one of the top seventy-five players of all time. He doesn't necessarily need to be going a decade into his career to learn post moves from one of the all-time greatest at post moves, but he can, and it's going to help because Giannis is already great in the post, but he's basically just trying to run you over. And he's lowering the shoulder and finishing over the top with a dunk. As he gets older and older, maybe he wants to take less bumps, and that's something you could learn from Hakeem, how to play off um, how to play off contact in the post and how to not just run over people. Uh, so I think that could certainly help him. And, man, if he adds a dream shake – it's Jover. This guy's going to average 40 points per game. But Giannis is recovering from knee surgery. You mentioned he doesn't work out with opponents, but I did see he has been on the court. And he's also been on the court with Jimmy Goldstein. <laughs> so I don't necessarily know what Jimmy Goldstein is teaching Giannis uh, <laughs> at his residence there. Maybe hats. We never see Giannis wearing a hat, so maybe that's something he can pick up from Jimmy. But uh, this is very funny to me. Giannis is out doing a uh, media tour talking about how much he wants to win and how hard he works. But also... Sometimes when you're in L.A., you just got to stop by Jimmy Goldstein's house. Let him jab step on you. Jimmy and Giannis. What? Uh, it's just two two opposites. <laughs> what? Uh, and that, the, the shadow, if you're with us on YouTube, the shadow of Giannis's hand looks awesome because we know his hands are huge. Oh, uh, oh my goodness. Yeah, the shadow does look ridiculous. Yeah, it looks hilarious. But, uh, yeah, this is uh, Jimmy. Jimmy's going to take him in the post. They're on a tennis court, though. Yeah, they're on a tennis court. And it looks like the court ends at the end of the <laughs> at the green there. So uh, be careful. I just saw uh, some sort of – I'm sure it was House of Highlights Instagram of a kid, like, shooting a jumper on one of those seaside courts, oh, and yeah. it bricks off the side and just goes flying. <laughs> I don't know if it was set up, but I left. How many balls are at the bottom of that cliff? That's the place to hang out, yeah. yeah. Lost Jimmy. my ball. Going to go down to the cliff, <laughs> see what we can find. Jimmy's loving it, though. I, I don't think I've ever seen Jimmy more upright. You know, usually <laughs> – <laughs> usually he's he is usually sitting slouch. i agree yeah so that's cool yeah he's he looking good, good. Yeah. he's looking good you can see the musculature in his legs <laughs> he was looking pretty good on the beach with you trey that time well yeah yeah i mean he was more toned than i was back then <laughs> i'll tell you that but i mean it's 10 years a lot has changed for all of us yeah, true, true. Uh, <laughs> i'd love to pull that uh clip back up i haven't seen that in a long time jimmy goldstein has um like a gigantic business card. It's like a normal business card is, I don't know, whatever that big. His yeah. is like four times the size. And it says Jimmy Goldstein architecture, basketball, fashion. That's a business card. Maybe that's what Giannis is learning about business <laughs> cards. It's like, what are these? <laughs> Why do we need these? Anyways, does he bummer. keep it in his hat or like, where does he pull it out from? That's a <laughs> great question. So he just had one. Yeah. yeah. He's just asking for people to ask for him. Yeah. Anywhere's tight pants. I don't know if he'd fit him in the pants if it's that big. Maybe like, in the top of his. He he likes like sticking his pants into his cowboy boots or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah. Him, like so. uh, just keep a little, pull it Great out. Call. Nice. <laughs> yeah. But you may be onto something, Trey, because Giannis has sort of made this the summer of business. Uh, he was talking to Tanya Ganguly about. You, you think I'm getting better on the court? I'm getting way better off the court in terms of business. So maybe Jimmy has been teaching him. Hmm. Yeah. I think Jimmy's like a 
people don't know a lot about his backstory, but I think he like originally is from Milwaukee, and he's never revealed which team he's a fan of. So maybe he's lo- loving having the Bucks there. But uh, interesting. Yeah, if we see Giannis change from Nike Tech fleece suits into Jimmy Goldstein wear, we will know where the influence comes from. Do have some bummer news though from a couple of weeks back. Pelicans forward Trey Murphy the third tore his meniscus during a workout and has since had surgery. It's going to be out 10 to 12 weeks, which puts his return in mid-November. Tass, is this news? Of course, yeah. This is their best shooter on a team that needs shooting desperately. 29th and threes attempted. This dude hit over 200 threes. Going into year three, ready for a jump. Um, This is just feels like it's the start of the avalanche with injuries for this team. Because this guy's just good. Um, 18 and a half after the all-star break, 42% from three on eight threes a game. He made a huge jump. This guy is great. And as I said, they need shooting. Now it's not a long-term injury, but uh, CJ McCollum, I think is the the guy you got to focus on year number two, uh, full year here. He should be better. He's got to be better. Yeah. That's, it's a bummer for me. I don't think it's that, you know, if he comes back in mid-November and looks okay, it's not that big of a deal, but it's news because the Pelicans just have the worst injury luck. We know about Zion and his inability to stay on the court, but they were such a banged-up team last year, and Trey Murphy the third was one of the healthiest guys uh, alongside Jonas Valanciunas. They have depth to kind of make up for his spot, at least, and Brandon Ingram will be one of their stars. Najee Marshall's a decent player. Herb Jones is a, can be a winger as well, and Dyson Daniels has got the size to maybe play on the wing. But I think Jose Alvarado just sprained his ankle um, during a workout, so he's a little bit banged up coming into training camp as well. I'm sure that heals by the time the season starts. But if you're a Pelicans fan and the way the last few seasons have gone, you hate having two of your guys in your top seven that are already on the shelf heading into training camp. So hopefully he's able to, to get healthy. Trey Murphy the third coming into this season because that was a guy who – could have been like a most improved player mm-hmm. sort of pick or something like that. So uh, prayers up for him that he gets healed up here because that was kind of a bummer to find out one of the best, one of, a good young star in the yeah. league is already missing time. Yeah, because yeah, we, we know if, if Alvarado is hurt, I didn't, I didn't know that at this point, plus Trey Murphy, you're just waiting for, for Zion, although yep. the workouts look good. As always, it's that time of year, baby. baby. He's looking good. It's unfortunate, obviously. It's a a team that has an incredibly high ceiling, uh, but a low floor because of all this stuff going on. That's exactly right. Last little bit of news here. The Houston Rockets are trying to trade Kevin Porter Jr. after the guard was arrested on felony assault charges for assaulting his girlfriend, Kaiser Gondrazik, in a New York hotel room uh, a couple of weeks back. Apparently, the Rockets have contacted multiple teams offering draft compensation as incentive to receive Porter, who has this next season, uh, year one of a four-year deal for him, the next three are non-guaranteed deals. So is this news, Tess? Yeah, this is uh, gross news. It's uh, sickening news. It's icky uh, that we're talking about this potential trade of somebody who just beat his girlfriend. And, you know, allegations uh, are allegations, and they, they will go through the case. But I think the Rockets should cut him. And they can wait until they find out what happens. The we, NBA currently investigating. Right. And uh, I just find it gross that we're, that a team would even 
get involved with this. It almost feels like if a team trades for him that they're almost complicit. You know, they, it just it just shouldn't happen. They should cut him. And like you said, they questioned his character when they signed him to the contract. They they weren't confident in his character. That's a very rare contract to sign somebody to a one-year guaranteed plus three non-guaranteed. And so they should send a message to their fan base, to their female fan base, to their male fan base. Right is right and wrong is wrong. And, and I know some fans will say, oh, it's the Rockets didn't do it. Let's turn him into a, an asset and give somebody draft compensation to take him on, and we'll get something back that will help our team. But if I'm another team, I do not want to be part of this deal. And the Rockets really just they, – they just got to – send a message that this is gross this this is this is really really unfortunate this whole entire thing what's right is right and then i would hate to see i would hate to be in another front office thinking oh let's take on this guy's contract even even the bonus of him being on our team and him being suspended and we wouldn't have to pay him because he's suspended we'll save money that way Ah. yeah it's it just sounds gross to be like, ooh, is it worth getting four second-round picks to take on this guy who we're then going to cut as well? Hopefully right. uh, hopefully, as soon as the investigation is over, Kevin Porter Jr. is out of the league. And it's just not – I mean, it's understandable from the Rockets' perspective that they don't want to <laughs> just lose an asset. But, I mean, this just looks ridiculous. So, uh, bummer stuff, but they kind of yeah. knew it was coming uh, with Kevin Porter Jr., which, like you're saying, they traded – Basically nothing to get him a top 55 protected second-round pick, if I'm not mistaken. Then put in all of these non-guaranteed years into his deal because he had had some character concerns uh, in the past. And they came to roost, uh, unfortunately. So uh, hoping for the best for Kaiser Gondrzejk. And not the best on the other side (laughs) of things. Spring is the best time to add new challenges to your training just in time for those warm summer days. Pool season's coming soon, so I've been hitting the weights with Peloton and my guy Adrian Williams, trying to get my muscle on in order to expand my cannonball splash radius. Peloton's varying class lengths were designed with your training plan in mind. It's easy to personalize your workout. Whether you'd like to add a 10-minute core session at the end of your strength class or take a 60-minute power zone ride to increase your endurance, Peloton classes are designed to help focus on your needs and goals. There are a variety of classes like boot camps, boxing, full body strength, or marathon training, all created to grow your skills or push you to improve in what you already excel in. And their expert coaches and nonstop vibes will push you to new levels of strength and endurance, keeping you on your toes while giving you the professional coaching you need. Shout out to Adriana Aditi, Andy, and Emma. I love you all so much. Whether you prefer to run outdoors Row or ride at home or strength train at the gym, Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Get your head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Guys, what if you had an extra hour in your day? What would you do? Mm. Get some shots up. (laughs) Yeah. Bake a cake. Sure. (laughs) Go for a run. Me, I'm getting some dinks in. Thank you very much. Uh, A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had some more time. The question is, time for what? What if time was unlimited? How would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy 
can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma or guys who get nicknamed the skedaddler. <laughs> if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash NoDunks. On to Tweet of the Night. Mm, tweet of the Night. Wow. Tweet of uh, this was a little surprising. I guess I had forgotten about this man. Uh, but Kelly Oubre remained a free agent until mid-September when he signed with the Philadelphia 76ers. Woj reporting that he is going to sign with the Sixers for a minimum deal. I guess Woj didn't report the minimum deal, but that came out later. Obviously, he's sort of an insurance, depending on the James Harden situation. But this is a guy who dropped 20 per game last year. He's signing for a minimum deal. Maybe he was waiting for a better contract. Do points matter anymore? I guess not. Kelly Oubre on the Sixers as a wing coming off the bench. He obviously can score. He's obviously young. He's still in his prime. He scored a bunch of buckets in this league. How do you feel about this maneuver? Uh, I feel like the Philadelphia 76ers are getting wing Christian Wood. Yes. Kelly Oubre Jr. is a good athlete. I think that is going to help uh, the 76ers. They're generally a pretty slow team. Maxie's fast. Uh, D'Anthony Melton is pretty quick. But if Harden's around, he's a slow, plodding player. Embiid doesn't want to run the ball up the court. Tobias Harris is good, but he's kind of just a average athlete uh, in the NBA. So I can see uh, the benefit of getting a guy like Ubre, who's going to run the court and look really fast out there. That's a nice changeup um, for the 76ers to have, but you mentioned it. He scored 20 a game, not on great efficiency, and you're not getting much else from Kelly Ubre. He's out there to score baskets, maybe getting onto a good team here. will help him develop other areas of his game. But that's what we kind of thought, too, when he was a Golden State Warrior. And that experiment didn't last all that long. He's just an inefficient kind of player. Not a great shooter. And like I'm saying, he doesn't really do much else for you besides scoring. If they lose Harden, I guess they're going to need a little bit of scoring. But I can't imagine that uh, Kelly Oubre is the type of player that's going to keep Joel Embiid invested in the 76ers franchise. There's a reason he was available for a veteran minimum in September after scoring 20 points per game. Yeah, you called him the the wing Christian Wood. It's hard to argue with that. They do need scoring off the bench. So it is uh yeah, it's, it's definitely a, a buy low hope he comes through uh high type of play because Shake Milton uh left, Jaden McDaniels or no, Jalen McDaniels left, George Niang left their bench. So there's points to be had. Mm-hmm. He will do that. They like their old Charlotte Hornets they, they tried out Jalen McDaniels at the wing spot. Uh, that was a, a quick run there last year, and, and he's on the Raptors now. But I say Kelly Oubre is young, but he's been in the league a long time now. Yeah. Eight seasons. Wizards, 
Then he went to the Suns where he was dropping points there. The Warriors said, we'll pay $80 million to have you on our team. Oh, yeah. Uh, I with forgot that, about that. With that luxury tax payment. He was there for you know a dark year there uh, for the Warriors in between the championships. And then Charlotte, 20 per game. But, yeah, inefficient, uh, as you said. So, yeah, this seems to be a, a hope for Daryl Morey. That's, that's what it is. Been a pretty quiet summer uh, for Philadelphia. They brought in Danny Green. They're bringing over Philip Petrasev, who we saw – uh, Serbian team on the Serbian team. Who else have they brought in? Mo Bamba. They drafted was that Mo Bamba? Smith. Yeah. So uh, Kelly Oubre oh. is almost the jewel of their free agency class mm. uh, right now. I know that Daryl Morey has said he's looking to maintain flexibility for next season because they want to be the only good team with a whole bunch of cap space. We will see how that plays out. But this is a this is going to be a harrowing season for the Philadelphia 76ers as it is almost always um with this team but I guess they'll have cool fits in the locker room and in the hallways you know if James Harden leaves at least they still have a high fashion guy uh <laughs> hanging around in Kelly Oubre Jr. but and, and the tuck wagon PJ Tucker bring, oh exactly right. and the tuck wagon yeah that's, a, that's I'm a good call. I don't know if I've ever called him the tuck wagon <laughs> I like before. it you slid it in there no problem though as oh, if you say it all the time what is a tuck wagon just because he's a big guy and his last name is Tucker? Like a, There's no Is a Tuck Wagon a real thing? I don't <laughs> think so. <laughs> that's that's a pretty good nickname, I guess, if it's not. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Um Well, I guess it's close to Tuck Truck Wagon. Mm. Okay. <laughs> Interesting stuff. Uh let us know what you think about Kelly Oubre Jr. or anything else that we've talked about. Uh what else we got coming up this week? I mentioned is this good? Uh, with Skeets that dropped yesterday. You can find the podcast in our feed or in the Is This Good feed. The video is on the Is This Good YouTube channel. I know you got no bunts coming up tomorrow on the Athletic Baseball Show. Yeah, we're in the stretch What's going on run. in MLB world right now? I think the Cubs are doing good. The Cubs, well, yeah, then they lost, though. Then they did bad. Yeah, the wild card is a wild race in both leagues. Braves obviously kicking ass. Yeah, baby. Um, it's, it's fun. Orioles-Houston played a wild one. There's just some wild games happening. There's some good races happening. I feel uh, Blue Jays, they're they're involved in a race, I feel like, oh, yeah, right now. They, they were high. in, they were out, now they're in? Yeah. They got swept. My man Joel and Noban said they're done. It's Jover. It's over, for sure. Uh, they lost to the Rangers. They lost four straight to the Rangers, who they were fighting for in a wild card spot. But then the weekend, they brought it all back. Oh! Uh, so, yeah, things are looking all right. They're, they're in the race for the wild card spot. It's going to go down to the wire. Uh, 12 days left in the regular season something like that so it's a fun race wow that's pretty soon cool I guess we got some playoff baseball coming up Uh, as for no dunks we'll be back next week I assume though there seem to be some rumblings about trades happening people were talking about a mystery Damian Lillard team uh, (laughs) I didn't see that I think it was Mark Spears said there's a mystery Eastern Conference team who may get involved in the trades and then and then Kelly Oubre left the Charlotte Hornets. Could it be the Charlotte Hornets trading for Damian oh, Lillard? Oh my God. What a shocker that would be. <laughs> I saw they're also interested in pairing Tyler Hero with LaMelo Ball. <laughs> this just might be the time of the year where yeah. we're just saying stuff, you know? Yeah. We're just saying things. We're, saying, we're literally saying <laughs> Tyler words. Tyler Hero, he might be a Hornet. <laughs> yeah, we're just saying words. A <laughs> couple weeks. A couple weeks, they'll pick up. Training camp. Dwight Howard start. hasn't played... For two years in the NBA. We talked about him for 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Boban is back. This is how scared people are of 
Nikola Jokic. They're like, any tall guy, we got to sign him. <laughs> I love it. Andrew Clerk, stay by the phone. <laughs> Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And I wasn't prepared for this. What was that uh, magic material? Dazzle cloth. Yeah, <laughs> go get you some dazzle cloth. Embrace the day, people.